Hello, and welcome to Embracing Diabetes, a podcast that explores the many ways people are thriving with diabetes in the world. I'm your co-host, Dr. Liz Stevens, and today Amy and I had a chance to talk to Lindsay Bresson, T1 International's UK-based development coordinator. Lindsay's background is in the nonprofit sector, having received her master's degree in nonprofit management before working in fundraising and communications. She's driven by a passion to make change. During our conversation, we learn more about T1 International, an organization that's done amazing work across the globe to advocate for those living with type 1 diabetes. They have an upcoming virtual conference on September 30th that will be a great opportunity to learn more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Lindsay, welcome to Embracing Diabetes. Thank you so much for making time to talk with us about your organization. And I know you've got a event coming up that we're really excited to hear about. And, you know, we usually like to start our conversation just getting a sense of, you know, people's relationship with diabetes, you know, if they have it when they were diagnosed or how they got connected with, you know, a group related to diabetes. So if you feel comfortable sharing your how you got connected with T1 International and then maybe tell us a little bit about your organization and how it works. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk a bit more about our work and a bit of our, our event as well. So um, my connection to diabetes, so I'm not personally a patient myself. I have some family members that live with diabetes. I have a grandmother that has type 2. Um, so before my work at 2N International, I was not as involved in this work, um, but I was looking around for a job at a nonprofit. I have previous, previous experience as a development coordinator, uh, fundraising, um, doing things for smaller nonprofits that when I was looking for work, I found 2N International and the cause really resonated with me. Um, I have not had previous experience with advocacy work, but it's been a great opportunity to get in and learn more about diabetes generally. Um, as well as type one specifically in each of the individual experiences that those who live with it, uh, face that it's been a very much of a learning curve, but very rewarding in a sense of seeing how much of a community everyone is within our advocacy network and beyond. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how long T1 International has been around. I mean, I've always just been really impressed on your website. I mean, how much work you do. Again, internationally, I think we all are so focused on the struggles for access to healthcare and insulin in the United States. But I mean, you read about other parts of the world and it's like so it can be so much harder in many of those places. Um, so maybe a little bit about how you all got started and what your mission is and all that business. Yeah. So Tuan International was founded 10 years ago. So we'll be celebrating our 10 year at this upcoming summit event. Um, so we started as a blog that was looking to fill a deep need in the diabetes advocacy community. Um, there wasn't a voice out there for people who are living with diabetes to speak out independently and no entity or group that was focused on access, affordability, and community-driven change, um, not only in the U.S., but globally. Uh, our executive director, Elizabeth Feaster, uh, had been living with diabetes since she was four and founded the organization after recognizing the disparity in access and affordability of insulin and other diabetes supplies, not only in the U.S. or the U.K., but globally. Um, so it, a, a bit of history in a sense. So we started as a blog, then we were organized as a charity in the U.K. in 2016. 
Um, and then from there, a few years later, we were established as a 501c3 nonprofit entity uh, in the U.S. And since then, we've just been building our community of advocates. Um, our mission is, or our vision mission <laughs> is we believe in a world where everyone with type, type 1 diabetes, no matter where they live, has everything they need to survive and thrive. We are rooted in values of being patient-led, transparent, and bold in our work, inspiring us to hold ourselves and others accountable for the work. Uh, and change that we know individuals with diabetes deserve. And then one thing that's particularly unique about our work is we do not accept money from pharmaceutical companies or any other entity that would influence our ability to speak out freely. We just want to make sure that we are as patient-led and as led by our values to be able to get all this work and all this change done at the grassroots level. Yeah, that was one thing I really admired about your organization is just how committed you were to an unbiased kind of playing field without having um, any sort of support financially or otherwise from from pharma. That's a really laudable goal. So yeah. how does the advocacy piece work? Like it looks, I mean, just from, again, the website, it looks like you've got advocacy in different parts of the world. I know states have different opportunities to advocate. How, how do you, how do you kind of, how does all that work? Yeah. So a lot of it is driven by the individuals that advocate with us. So whether they inter interacted with or found out about you in an international in some way, um, they reached out in some way saying, Hey, we'd love to set up a chapter that I know we have chapters in many of the U.S. states. Uh, we have many globally. I know we have one that's, um, uh, Middle East and North Africa chapter, um, and a few others that, or more global representing, um, that it's all driven by the individuals there and their specific ad advocacy efforts. Um, that we grew in a, from a small movement of insulin for all into a large community that spans over 20 countries with thousands of people that we see engaged across the world. Um, this growth is due to passionate individuals like each of our advocates that want to see change for people with diabetes and believe that no one should die because they can't access or afford their insulin. Uh, and our communities themselves are supported by our staff. We have a global advocacy manager um, on the global side <laughs> who supports our network of advocates. And we also have a dedicated advocacy and policy staff that work in the U.S. Um, who support those advocates there. We also work directly with each of our advocates by providing them the tools and the training that they need to create long-term change in their communities based on their specific context, their countries, their situations, um, all driven by what they determine is important and needed within their communities. What can I just jump in and ask a question? Um, what is do you do you see a lot of differences from what somebody needs in the United States versus what somebody needs in, um, the, you know, the UK or in one of your other international or, or are we all needing very similar kind of tools and supports? Yeah, it's it's from what I've encountered and seen. A lot of my work is faced, uh, is more on the development and fundraising side. Um, but a lot of what I've seen, it's been very individualized that, of course, in the U.S., because there's specific challenges, of, um, the pharmaceutical companies and insulin list price uh, challenges that are more obviously specific to the U.S. healthcare system um, compared to 
I mean, in the UK here, um, many individuals that live with diabetes are able to access many of the supplies and insulin that they need um, under the NHS, um, international healthcare. So it's obviously <laughs> different challenges that I know uh, we have specific work that we have this Fight for Five campaign that um, we have advocates. It's initially focused in India, Pakistan, Zimbabwe, and Panama, where those advocates are fighting for specific change within their local governments or um, specific community action that they're hoping to make to have insulin and blood glucose supplies cost less than 5% of median income in their country. that obviously each of those, it's more individualized. That That's a large part of our approach. It's, it is more personal, more individualized in supporting them in their specific needs that they identify while also recognizing that it's small steps that make change of narrowing everything into measurable, actionable items that they can work on piece by piece to eventually bring forth further change for insulin and diabetes supply access and affordability. Yeah, I mean, just reading about some of the, the you know, just the survival of people living with type 1 diabetes in places like Africa, you know, I mean, it's just, it's devastating how, I mean, people just don't live very long because they just don't have the tools or the resources. I mean, it's really, really something. We fuss about the U.S., but um, it's it's dramatically different. It's crazy, or not crazy, but <laughs> it's heartbreaking at times that there's so many of our advocates that do pass that it's unfortunate to see that their situations that their company their countries their governments um or even the pharmaceutical companies that are there that that greed has gotten to a point where patient lives are not prioritized um over money and profit that it's unfortunate but i know we've seen a good amount of impact through our specific advocacy work and our um, approach um, that I could talk a little bit more about our specific impact. That would be that, great. Yeah, just great to, because it's always nice to hear like about something that, because we could go down the rabbit hole of like how awful things are, but it's nice to hear about something you're doing that's had some success. Yeah. So since being founded 10 years ago, we do have a lot to celebrate, though we do have a lot more work to make further strides in insulin for all. Ideally, it would be great to not need T1 International out there um, because there's so many individuals that are passing due to insulin rationing or being unable to even access or afford the supplies that they need. Um, but our results have resulted in long-acting insulin and just recently disposable and reusable pens with cartridges for human insulin being added to the World Health Organization's essential medicines list, which will save and improve countless lives globally. And then in the U.S., insulin manufacturers announced lowering the list price of some insulins this spring. We've seen local policy and practice change, skills building and improved outcomes reported by our patient advocates each year which has been wonderful to see. Uh, and we're excited to also be sharing a new video from T1 International at our upcoming summit where we're highlighting 10 of our greatest successes over the past 10 years. We love engaging our advocates and they're sharing each of these successes in their own languages and their voices. That It's particularly empowering that you'll have to check that out at the event. The global diabetes community is healthier and surviving longer because of these strides that we're making in our work. 
That's wonderful. And I wonder too, yeah, the, I mean, I would say that the the pricing for insulin has had a huge impact for many people. Um, it's still the complexity of navigating our healthcare system to get sometimes to those insulins and figuring it out with insurance for people that are underinsured and have high copays and deductible. I mean, just all the, I mean, just navigating our system is just so challenging. And, you know, if you have people that can help you with that, um, it is insulin is more affordable now with some of those changes if you have the right setup. But, um, but I know that's not the case everywhere. Yeah. And I know our team has been hard at work in making sure that we are, we do have resources and things available for those that are trying to navigate all these changes in kind of Medicare and list price and capping on insulin pricing as well. That um, we try to make everything as accessible as possible on our website and on our social media plat- media platforms as well. So tell us a little bit about what the event is that's happening at the end of this month, right? The 30th, I think. Yeah, September 30th. <laughs> it's coming up soon. It's in three weeks. But I know we've been hard at work at pulling together all kinds of great content for this event. Um, so the theme is Advocacy in Action, 10 Years of T1I. So we'll be celebrating our community's successes and aim to empower and inspire with conversations on topics related to our advocates' work. Um, it'll be a great opportunity to come together as a global community of patient advocates, allies, and supporters of our work in the insulin for all movement generally. We do have two keynote speakers planned, uh, Zaki Amat, who is the co-founder of Treatment Action Campaign in, in HIV Activists, and Alexander Park, an Australian actor, producer, and writer who is living with type 1 diabetes. That we're excited to hear their voices and experiences and learn from them. Um, as well as learn from the various different discussions that each of our working groups will have, that we have six different sessions separate from the keynotes on varied topics like the power of community, the importance of building power across state lines, and why independent grassroots advocacy matters, a conversation about language, media and advocacy, all kinds of great topics that are connected to each of our working groups that we have our Fight for Five working group, that they're fighting for the 5% goal of having insulin and blood glucose supplies costing less than 5% of median income, right? Uh, We have our state working group. We've got our communities of color working group, Families United for Affordable Insulin. So varied different topics that are relevant and connected to this work that some of them, I mean, obviously, (laughs) All of our advocates are going to be coming together and sharing their specific experiences and stories in varied ways connected to these topics that I know we're especially excited to see that and engage with more people um, through this event. I know we'll be offering opportunities for advocates and community members to connect. We'll have breakout rooms, meet and greet. So you can meet other advocates and like-minded individuals that are interested in this work to engage and connect, that it's been really rewarding in this project planning process of engaging with our different advocates that are are speaking and involved in this work, that I've especially enjoyed seeing how passionate they are about their specific work and their progress that they're making towards insulin for all in their local communities and countries. I'm looking forward to, I was signed up, so I'm looking forward to it. It's so great. Sorry, let's. Uh, when you say yeah. advocates, like what kind of numbers are we talking about? How big is is this community? 
And then second part of that question is, are you trying to continue to grow to get advocates in more locations? And and how are you doing that? So I'm not as aware of specific numbers, but I know we at least have 100 advocates that are within the U.S. and in our global community that we regularly engage with and uh, work with to support them in their specific work. Um, I know we'd love to engage as many more individuals that would like to be a part of the community as we can. Um, that's a good part of our event. Of we want to try to bring in new voices and new people to share their experiences and to be involved in this work if it resonates with them. That I know like building community is such a big part of our work that we often hear from our advocates how great having a, a community of individuals to reach out to about their specific challenges or things that they're facing, not only in their advocacy work, but in living with diabetes generally, that it's been great to see how supportive they all are, are within and beyond T1 International. Um, that that's been a really rewarding part of the work as well. And I know there's there's states like each like certain states like I know Oregon has I'm pretty sure Oregon has a chapter. Um, so states have their own chapters that can address the specific issues for the state that you live in, right? Yes. Okay. I I don't believe we have chapters in every state, but it is very widely represented um, that I know, I believe we have a map that's on our website that yeah. says which states are available. And if you get in contact with us, we'd be more than happy to connect you with. That's so great. Yeah. Anything else, Lindsay, that you want to make sure that people know about or that you feel like is really important in this project, this event, or within your organization, obviously we'll include links to, you know, your website and to the event that's coming up um, as a part of the podcast. I know there's been a lot of work and a lot of things that we're looking forward to on the U.S. side as well for next year that I know we're going to be pushing for more price caps that uh, if that's something that's interesting you, I can send a link your way about our federal working group that they've been working on and plugging away at plans for that next year. Um, to ensure that, you know, these pharmaceutical companies and are held to account, right? They are, they are putting people's lives over profit that, that isn't happening right now. So we're trying to fight for change for that. So I think I, again, I think I admire so much what you guys are doing. I think it's, there are a number of different organizations around diabetes, um, and yours is really unique with your international and, um, really kind of grassroots advocacy. It's it's really a great group. So um, I really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing with your what's coming up. And Amy, did you have any other questions? No, I was just thinking too. I love the um, the evolution of starting mm -hmm. as a blog and then moving to um, a, non a nonprofit, I think. And the growth that has happened along the way, I, I think is a, a pretty amazing for something that started off as a blog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Look yeah. at how far you've grown in 10 years. 10 years is not a huge amount of time. So, yes, yeah. very much. That it's, it's all with the help of our global community of advocates that without their specific work, we wouldn't be near, like with any of the progress or the impact that we've made, that a lot of it has been because of their passion and just their drive of going forward and fighting for change, even if they've had situations where there have been roadblocks or challenges and trying to meet 
there are specific goals. We, it's been really great to see even um, learning from our executive director, Liz, and teaching. Is she still involved, Liz? This is yeah, that she's, it's great to hear kind of how things have changed and evolved over the years that I know even the summit it used to be a two-day event that was more kind of workshop-based that seeing how we're able to celebrate all these great successes in an, an event that's one day um, right. over a few hours and highlighting discussions and conversations on so many topics that are relevant to the work that it's, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this event. It'll be really cool and really enlightening to see all the different voices and experiences and not only challenges, but successes. So Yeah, and I just think for myself anyway, that, Stuff like that can, and not that there's a lot of that out there, but it can just be so, um, you know, you, when you deal with a day after day and you, and just all of the work that goes into living with diabetes to, to have an event like that can just re-energize. I know that it will re-energize me and it will remind me that I'm not alone and that there's a big community out there. And, um, and, and I'm so grateful that you guys are, are doing that for our community because it, um, it's, it's very meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also I think it opened people's eyes to, you know, what's happening more internationally. Exactly. It's yeah. very different. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Just, what, yeah. 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 So just hearing uh, what's happening in other places and just getting kind of interested and helping out those communities have very different challenges um, exactly. where that advocacy is just so, so important. Yeah. yeah. Grassroots. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for making time. Good luck with everything. Really appreciate all you do for those of us living with type one. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation meeting you both and sharing a bit more about our work and our advocacy in our event. Yes. Yeah. We'll see you on September 30th. <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Embracing Diabetes with your podcast hosts, Dr. Liz Stevens and myself, Amy Stockwell and music by Noah Mortola. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe felt inspired or informed or less alone or all of the above. Please follow Embracing Diabetes on all major podcast platforms and leave a comment, question, or review. Thanks again. We hope you'll come back for more.